Hello and welcome to Too Fit to Be Tied. Where we talk about health from a variety of perspectives. Emotional health. Mental health. Physical health. And spiritual health. My name is Jerome. And I'm your co-host, Constance. So, Constance. Yes, Jerome. What's new? (laughs) What's new? Well, I mean, that's a loaded question. What's new that's good in your life? (laughs) I I like that. I like that. Um, Well, I just got a new certification. Okay, tell us about it. I am now a certified life coach. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you're going to be bringing some of that uh, I'm gonna bring some life of my... coaching to, to, to the podcast. I am. But you know what the thing is? Do, do I have to pay you for... Yeah. So when we talk on the phone and hang out, you have to pay me. Damn it. <laughs> you know what you could pay me in? For... <laughs> no, no. No, I wasn't going to say that. Pesto. Oh, man. Okay. By All the right. way, I'm out. Well, I, I don't know. We'll see. Jerome makes we'll see. like the best pesto, which is... Oh, amazing. Amazing. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Uh, So yeah, everyone wants to know what is a life coach? What does that mean? And so I have decided that those of you that listen to this podcast, you know the chaos that is my life. Although you don't even know, you only know the half of it. The part that she, you don't know the dark side of the chaos. (laughs) There's so much more. Um, But I think that that's what makes this time in my life so special is that before I never shared anything with anybody. Mm -hmm. And I feel like now I'm like, I'm 39 years old. What do I give a shit if people know that I was, you know, had a narcissistic mother or had a, you know, toxic childhood? I mean, it makes me who I am. But it's also interesting that you, as a life coach, having overcome a lot of these things, you have experienced them overcome them and then you can help someone else to overcome them it's sort of like the uh you know the person who's giving you advice about raising a child and they don't have children exactly you know you've been through the The thick of it the thick of it come out the other side and now you can help other people In, in addition to having the training you have the experience that allows you to take people to another level yeah it's pretty hard for me to be like oh, well, I've never experienced that thing or I've never had yeah. that happen. You know, there's just been, I think I've, I have like, I'm like a cat. I've had yeah. like nine lives all in one. Yeah. You know? Uh-huh. Um, so what's funny about life coaching is getting to the root, I think, because, you know, people have issues financially. People have issues family-wise. People have issues with their relationships, with their self-esteem, with, <laughs> you know, their career. And what a lot of times the main issue is that there is like a energy suck coming from somewhere. Uh, which is which brings us to the topic of our discussion today, which is vampires. Vampires. Energy blood sucking vampires. Oh, energy vampires. Well, I don't know. Like I thought we were talking emotional about, vampires. I thought we were gonna talk about like, I don't know, Dracula. Oh, real and, ones? No. And true blood. No, and, not today. What's that? What was that? What were those books? I never read any of that stuff. Um, I'm not into that. What was it called? I know what you're talking about. Twilight. Oh, yeah, that was popular. I watched like a third of one of the movies, and I'm like, yeah, I think I got it. I was never into the vampire thing. But I did like energy-sucking vampires. Those I was into for a while. Was that a movie? (laughs) (laughs) No. 
That was your life experience. That was my life experience okay. for, from birth. All right. From so birth. Talk about, uh, I mean, there are different types of, of energy vampires. Oh, for sure. Let's start with the people closest to you. Because okay. those are the ones that really suck you dry. Because you're mm-hmm. with them day in, day out. Mm-hmm. So that could be, you know, parents. It could be children. Mm-hmm. They could be significant others. Yeah. Spring a bell for, for you at all? Significant others. Okay. Um, I would uh, I would agree. I would agree. Yeah. Um, I also and think I, I, I reference a lot of my childhood only because I have had such toxicity. You know, my parents, it's funny. They um, would always say that they were like the love of each other's lives. And if you lived in my home, you were, I don't know how. They yeah. never, I don't, I, I think I saw them kiss one time and I almost threw up because it was so <laughs> unnatural. They well, were never, all they did was fight and argue and go, you know, months without, they went six months one time without talking. Well, this goes back to, this might go back to what we talked about in, in the previous episode, uh, the attachment styles. If that's what they were used to, then of course they would feel like, oh my God, this is love. This is passion. Yes. This energy, the highs of the, of the tension in yes. the relationship, you know, feels like, you know, feels like love. And so when it may have been, in fact, that they were the, the most toxic people that they had ever met. It was but like, But to yes. them, it feels like, to them, it feels like, like love. I, wanna, um, I agree with that. And growing up as a product of that was, you know, I, I look back and I, I was always sick. I was always sick. I was always tired. I was always, um, I had no, plus they also, we're talking about like severe smokers. So like growing up, truly cigarette smoke for me signifies toxicity. If I walk into someone's home and they're they're smoking in their home, I, I there's no way in hell I can stay. I have to go. It's it, a physical. It's a physical manifestation for me of toxic energy. So, I have I grew up that way and um, always just felt so lethargic. It, I never felt like I had any any energy. Um, mm-hmm. I was never even my parents would say like she's never you know they'd be like we're going to Disneyland and I would be like oh like I there was no excitement there was no you know um happiness in terms of the way that I felt and so so this toxicity it was an emotional uh draining uh that that you experienced absolutely I, I think one of the types of emotional vampires is the narcissist and so I think you you talked about your your mom being a, uh, a narcissist, yeah, right? Yeah, I did. So you can have, you can be living in an environment and the same goes for a significant other. If you're married or living with somebody who is toxic in, in terms of the way that they behave towards you or speak to you or, you know, and then you have, you have kids and they're, you know, it creates a whole dynamic. Mm-hmm. And you're, you know, you're trying to protect your kids from the toxicity and it's, you end up just doing and doing and doing. And all you do is try to mediate and try to, try to live with fires. it. You try to put out the fires, but then you try to mediate and make sure that you're um, walking the line so that there isn't episodes of, you know, anger or a toxic nature or, you know, verbal abuse. And so... It, that's draining. That is work. And I don't think people realize, you know, that can be so emotionally draining that you can't get other things done. 
Yeah. So I think when I look at people and they say, I can't get my shit together, it's, well, what are there emotional vampires in your life? And what is the toll that they're taking on you? You know, we're in the fitness industry. I think people know that by now. And, you know, we're with people sometimes one-on-one for, I don't know, 30 minutes or an hour or 45 minutes. And sometimes people talk and, you know, they've got this victim mentality. And they talk to you about it the entire time. Everybody is wrong them. The world is against them. They can't lose weight because because of the same victimization. Because, yeah, I'm doing everything right and I don't know why and, and, and that sort of thing. And... We've talked about how some yeah, there's not many. I think we both like. I think um, you, you both the bulk of our clients, but you but know, in the beginning, people. would you say in the beginning when you were not really um, established? Yeah, you would take anybody. Oh, you, you right? take anybody. Yeah, you and, take, and as then, long as you had a heartbeat and you were cleared to work out, <laughs> you, we would take you. And and then, but now we can be you more se- about. more selective, and you, you know we don't see quite as many of those people. And I I you know love pretty much all of my clients. But, you know, there are those people that you get done with a session and you feel like, oh my God, I'm exhausted because you're, they have, you know, sucked the emotion out of you. You literally feel like you need a nap. Yeah. And there are, and it's different. I think you, I think a lot of times their energy just completely, and, and I've, I've learned over the years, this is an interesting, this is interesting because I do want to have a podcast about energy and how um, it can heal, but also how it can affect you in your life. And I remember people telling me, you have to protect yourself from people's energy. I'm like, well, how am I supposed to do that? You know, and they would be like, imagine a bubble and you're in it. I'm like, this, I can't do that. I'm like trying to train somebody, you know, like I'm not going to be imagining myself with white light and a bubble and all this weird stuff. But they would but that, say even... That actually works. It, you know, well, so for me, it was cross your arms. Oh, wow. Okay. And so I would train and I would cross my arms. And now I, you know, I wear my gold chain because I'm Italian okay. with my Italian horn. And this okay. like, to me, like this kind of protects like that negative juju. Okay. I'm uh, going to need an explanation of that later. We can do that We can off, talk about this later. Off, yeah. Off here. Did you think this was a chili pepper? <laughs> Don't even tell me you did. I just thought it was a, a oh, charm. Yeah. I don't oh, know. my God. We'll talk about this later. Well, I never got that close to it. I just okay. thought you had a, a charm on your on your neck. So, okay. All right. Um, back to the podcast. <laughs> Anyways, I, so I would cross my arms okay. and try to, like, keep their negative, like, stuff out of my, you know, my my space, so to, so to speak. But but that that is the same thing as imagining the bubble around you. Okay, right? fine. But because I because like that represents to you true the you know kind of securing your space. True. Do you imagine anything? Um, I mean not. I mean now, like I said, I mean almost. I I mean I don't. I know I don't have anybody that sucks I mean, the but, life out but of me anymore. But I have in the past, or just people in everyday life. You know, you you imagine you know this this bubble around you, and I think that is. I don't know, we kind of, I don't know, it's kind of sounding weird, I guess. But I think it serves the same purpose as you crossing your arms because to you that means something. And then imagining, imagining the bubble means something, right? Uh, uh, I agree. I don't, okay. whether it works right. or not, we're going to okay. get to that in a, in a okay. later episode. All right. But I <laughs> think there are times where I remember firing clients and I would be like, I'm sorry, I can no longer work with you because I just didn't think we were a fit. And, 
or whatever, for whatever reason. Uh-huh. But the main reason was I couldn't do it. Like it made me hate my job. I remember thinking I could, I could picture a couple of people in my career um, in the past where I was like, I don't want to go to work today because I can't handle this one person. And it wasn't yeah. that they were like bad people or it was just they truly would just spew their stuff out to me, you know, yeah. their about their life or their marriage or their, you know, career or whatever it was. And it was like just too much for me to handle. I couldn't, I could, it, it, I felt like they just completely sucked the life out of me. Thankfully now we're able to sort of pick and choose as we go. Yeah, we can go, oh, you know, I don't have time on that day. Right. Right. I'm, I'm all, I'm booked up. So you can have people at work that do that, you know, in your, yeah. in your job as well, which makes you tend to hate going to work. Um, toxic bosses, that's, that's something else that like, well, I, I think it's you. even worse in that, in that situation. I mean, you know, we, when we see people, we see them for anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour from one to three times a week. Right. If you've got a toxic, toxic boss, that person is just in your life nine to five, five days a week. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is just horrible. Yes, it is. That I've. Have you ever experienced that? Yeah, when I was in the in the corporate world, I had some some bosses like that. I think it's hard a, to a know. boss or two. What's okay. that? I think it's hard to. I think it's hard for most people to say they have never had that or experienced that. Yeah. I think we've all experienced. When I've worked at uh, gyms, the just the nature of what we do, I'm more independent. Right. Okay. So, any other uh, realms of toxicity where um, you're where you have Emotional vampires. The critic. The critic? Yeah. Someone who's always criticizing what you do. You should have done this this way. Why did you wear those shoes? Mm-hmm. You know what you should be doing? You should do this with your life or with your career. Oh, you should have met my mother. <laughs> she was the critic. Oh, she was oh, she, she was all of them. She may embody a, a number of types of uh, emotional vampires. All of them. Yes. Yes. Um, the critic. Gotta the, love those. How about the chatterbox? The chatterbox, yes. Oh my gosh. The person that just Have you ever had one when you're training and you just you literally I cannot t- you can't tell them what to do. You're like oh, five, five, it, five, you, five 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 oh, five five push-ups. Oh my god, you're, just You're waiting for a space to yes. you're waiting for a space to, to say. And the worst part is I'm like did they even get a workout other than like their mouth? Mm-hmm. Did they physically get a workout because the talking just doesn't stop. And you so, and, and then you feel dizzy after. You talk about like, you know, firing clients or or wondering if they got a workout. My view on it, and I, I don't know if this is bad or not, but it's like, look, this is your time. If you wanna if you wanna show up ten minutes late, I'm gonna, you know, I'm not gonna be happy about it. But if you if if over time you consistently show up ten minutes late and you wanna buy, you know, ten minutes for me to just wait for you, then See, we're different like that. I would be mad. I'd be like, do not waste my time. Even though you're paying me, mm-hmm. don't waste my time. See, if you pay me for that time. <laughs> I can't. I feel too bad. I feel like I can't. I feel bad about it. So I'm like, I'd rather just not have that client. Oh, see, to me, it's like if you if you consistently show up late, then you're not valuing my time. Mm-hmm. But if you're paying for that time that you show up late, then fine. Hmm. Yeah, I can't. I can't do it. Yeah, see, 
We're different. This, that's okay, though. That's good. That's good. That's how you make money. This, that's is why why, you... this is why I have a lot less stress in my life, though. It's like, <laughs> you know, that's what... Right. If that's what you want to do, then... And maybe they just come to see your smiling face. Maybe that to them, that's worth, like, that, that could 100 be, bucks a pop. If, you know, and sometimes we talk about kind of being therapists, almost, right? You know, if that chatterbox wants to come, and I'm pretty good at being able to interject and going, okay, you know, push-ups now, lunges. Okay. You know, I'm pretty good at... But if they if they want to keep going, or sometimes you know, honestly, there there's something about exerting yourself, like having a like a an, a release, like a, a physical, and a release, yeah. yeah. And so sometimes you know people will talk about things that are bothering them, and as they're working out at the same time, and they seem to go together. Yes. Yes. And and so I I try to I think recognize that and say, okay, I understand that this is happening. You know, they're going through a tough time and they need to talk about it. And it act, it comes out as they're exerting themselves physically, then 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 I will let that happen. Yes. So I have a client who is very much a chatterbox, very much. And I literally just trained her last week and she came in and she was in a really bad mood. And I said, how are things? How's how's, you know, X, Y and Z been in your life? And she was like, I don't want to talk about it. Uh let's talk about you. I'm like, well, let's not talk about me because you're paying for the session. No, I don't right. want, and she was adamant. I don't want to talk about my, I don't want to talk about it. I'm like, okay. So, all right. So we shifted gears and, and sure did enough. did you talk about you? Well, I was like, she's like, tell me about this. Tell me about that. So just to get her talking, I, mm-hmm. you know, explained to whatever was happening that week. And then she started, you know, then the tables okay. turned and it was like, and she, she was in such a bad mood. And by the end of the session, now, would I say she got a good workout? I, I wouldn't. That wasn't. No, I wouldn't mm-hmm. at all say that. I would have loved to have done something completely different with her. But she, I, could, I was just too busy listening. Mm-hmm. By the end of the session, she was moving. She got movement in. You know, that's for sure. She was smiling and felt so much better. She was a completely different person. She just had to get that out. She yeah. had to just spew it out, get it out. And I thought to myself, you know. And you helped her to get it out. I pretty much just life coached her right then and there. So I was like, well, I feel like I did something, you know. Did you add on an extra charge? I should have added an extra fee for that. Okay. Next Um, time. Next time. So I felt like, you know what, if people come in and they are feeling, as long as it doesn't affect my energy, Mm -hmm. you know, they come in and they feel like they just need to get things out and have someone to talk to and they leave with a smile on their face, it's worth it. But I think that it's that victimization that we kind of circle back to that people, you know, they feel stuck and they feel like they can't get out of these toxic relationships. And it's not that they feel like they're victims, but they are. I mean, they, essentially they are. Let's say mm-hmm. you're living with um, a significant other who is has a very toxic energy and they are sucking your, uh, you know, your emotion dry. Mm-hmm. What? How can you be your best you? How can you have an amazing life when you have somebody just pulling at you and sucking your energy? Is it possible? I think this is going to be a good analogy. Okay, let's see. So if you have one glass of water that's hot and another that's cold, it's going to be warm water when you mix them together. Okay. Right? You have... You've have two glasses of hot water, you're going to end up with hot water. Two glasses of cold water, you're going to end up with cold water. Now, you're laughing at me. like this I'm just is, trying to figure out where we're going with this. 
so so say say the hot water is living your best life. Okay. Right? The cold water is somebody that's dragging you down. Okay. You mix them together, you get a glass of warm water. Ooh. That warm water is not as good as the hot water. But if you've got somebody that's on your on your level, on your wavelength, moving in the same direction you are, two glasses of hot water, you're gonna be hot water together. Did you just make this up, right? This is uh, this spot? is off the top of my that head. That was good. That, and I'm I'm and I'm drinking right now. <laughs> and that so, was good. So can you have your best life when 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 you've got to use your hot energy to try to bring up the cold energy of someone else? N- no, you can't have your best life. You know, and I think I think in some cases we we've tried to do that. Like I'm gonna be I'm gonna be the hot water for for both of us. Mm-hmm. You know, and you can't you can't you can't do it. Let me ask you this question. When you got out of your marriage, okay, and like, and I don't say, I don't don't mean just got like, oh, hey, I want a divorce. No, like you actually separated to where you two were not living in the same home anymore. Mm -hmm. How did you feel? What's like, I think that I I want, you know, we're always trying to help people, right? Because we're not professionals. So we just try to help with our own experiences. And I think Mm -hmm. that when you're stuck in a relationship or even whether it's, you know, a work relationship a personal relationship, you, it's hard. You are, you're scared. You are fearful of what is after, what's to come after. And tell, tell the audience, how did you feel after you left? You finally got out and you didn't have this presence in your home um, to suck you down or pull you down. I think I'm different than a lot of people where, you don't really get the full effect of things till after it's done. Mm-hmm. And in a lot of ways, I'm able to like, I guess, think forward and sort of visualize what things will be like. Okay. So I was kind of, I guess, mentally already there. Oh, okay. D- does that make sense? Yeah. But I mean, do you remember the moment where you sat down on the couch and you were like, wow, like, you just don't feel that negative presence anymore. Oh, oh yeah. I sat down and I'm like, okay, I don't have to. I got a lot of furniture I have to buy. But <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you sat on the floor. But, but uh, I had no. I had the couch. I had okay, the couch. okay. And I and I'm like, okay, this is okay. I'm I'm good. I'm starting. You know, starting my life over. Okay. And uh, and this is and this is going to be good. It wasn't like a thing where. You know, it hit me then. I, I, I think okay. that's what I'm trying to say. It wasn't All right. like it was like a yeah. It makes sense. So there, there's this like you know forward thinking like okay, what's this going to be like? How's this going to feel? What's going to happen in in the future? And so I'd sort of had I, I guess visualized all that stuff. So once I was there, it wasn't like oh my god, I didn't know it was going to be like this. Oh, see, Jerome's really deep. Like you probably manifested that shit. And meditated and did all oh, this. Yeah. yeah. You know what? That's you gotta, why. It's exactly why. You got to meditate every day. Yeah, we, that's we're gonna why. do We're going to do a podcast on meditation. I meditated yesterday. <laughs> I did. I swear to God. For 10 minutes. I was a little pissed that I didn't take a nap instead, but I did meditate for 10 minutes. <laughs> Wait. So you, you intended to nap, but you, no, actually, no, no. you accidentally I, meditated. No, no, no. I, I wanted to nap. <laughs> Okay. And instead, I meditated because I was like, it's probably going to be good for me. Okay. And then I did it, and then I was pissed because I was like, I should have just taken a damn nap. <laughs> oh my. So, 
So you did not enjoy the meditation. I mean, it was fine. I just should have taken. I was tired. I wanted to take a nap. I will say I did feel better. I I did feel actually a lot more centered. It could have been a fluke. I'm going to try it again maybe in like another week. So actually many many of the meditation gurus are actually sometimes they meditate and they're like, no, I should have taken a fucking nap. Why why, why did I meditate? I'm like, that was bullshit. Um, All right. so, so, So it did nothing for you. No, I felt centered. It actually did help. I felt centered, whatever that means. Here, here's here's how I know. Okay. Because you know I teach the, the kids and the teens. Uh-huh. I teach kids and teens boxing, right? Uh-huh. And like those, man, now now we have to socially right, distance. Don't, don't lose any business. Be no, careful. I know. We have to socially distance, okay. right? Okay. So I'm like, not only am I now the boxing instructor, now I'm like the social distance. like Police. Yeah, police. And I'm like, get away from that one. Just stay in your box. Stay over there. So, uh, and usually I'm like frantic because uh-huh. it's like all these kids and I'm trying to figure it out, keep them distanced, whatever. <laughs> Someone's shoes untied. Somebody like tripped over their jump rope. I, I, it's a whole thing. Yeah. Basically, I'm babysitting a bunch of kids, you know? Okay. However, but I managed it. To be more healthy. Well, of course. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's the goal, I, but you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah. I did it with Grace yesterday. I didn't, I didn't get mad. I didn't get mad at one kid. And See, you want to know what? What? You're not going to believe this. Okay. One kid, when they left, they said, goodbye, Miss Constance. And I said, goodbye. And she said, I love you. Whoa. Isn't that so sweet? Yeah. I was like, I love you too. It was so sweet. (laughs) So anyways, I got an I love you yesterday. I mean, maybe meditation helped. Yeah. You know, think, I mean, I just. I'm going to do it on the days I teach the children. Just, you know, just reflect on that. I am. and, and, And see what, and see what it. See what it brings you. Imagine who else might love me if I meditate. Yeah. Right? Yeah. All right. All right. I okay. like that. Okay. Um, where were we? I, we completely got oh. off topic. We were talking about emotional We were talking about, yeah. And, <laughs> and uh, meditation. And, and so. But you manifested that shit. I oh, did right. It. Yes. Okay. All right. So here, I'm going to tell you. When I, I worried and I thought, what is it going to be like? Can I afford my life? Can I, you know, will I, will I regret leaving this relationship? And divorcing. You know, you always you always worry. Like, you worry. Can I make it on my own? Can I do it without this person? And mainly, again, let's go back to that attachment book that we had our last podcast on. In the book, it tells you it's okay to have somebody that you want to rely on, that you want, you want a partner in your life. You want to come home to somebody and say, I had a shitty day and I just need a hug. You know, you want yeah. up that person. I mean, it, it, the book says that we're kind of wired to to be that way. And I think that was, for me, it's interesting that you bring that up. You know, at a point, I realized that I was probably, of my own doing, just felt like, okay, I'm going to do everything. Mm-hmm. You know, and it was at the point where I realized, you know what, I, I, I don't have that. I don't have a, a partner. I have somebody that I'm in charge of. Yes. And I'm like, I... I want a partner. I want somebody that like I this can, job sucks. <laughs> I want to come home and take you know take my armor off and then be I, I guess vulnerable. Going back to that, we talked about vulnerability. I made fun of you for not being able yeah, to right? say the word, but um, you know, come home and be able to take your armor off and then not have somebody poke your your sore spots. Yes, just be able to, to completely relax into that that relationship. And and realizing that I didn't have that was like I think one of the things that made me 
start to question things. I, yeah, I, I, can I can definitely attest to that. I think for me, coming home and walking on eggshells and feeling like you never knew where the wind was going to take you and when the tides were going to turn, that was the most um, unnerving for me. And I wanted to come home to a place like that should be my sanctuary. Right, and so right. now, you know, I remember the first time that I when I when I got divorced, I remember or we at least didn't live in the same home. I remember I was training a client and she just started crying. And I was like, um, is everything okay? And she's like, you just look beautiful. She got like choked up. She's like, you look beautiful. And I was like, um, maybe it's my makeup. And she's like, no, like your aura is like something about you is just, what did you do? And I'm like, well, I'm getting divorced. And she was like, that has got to be it. And as soon as I, as soon as we, he, he left the house, I lost 10 pounds. Like I have never seen weight come off like wow, that. So emotional and, and physical. It was such a same. difference. I feel like I looked 10, 10 years younger and I was like 10 pounds lighter. It was miraculous. Of course, I was still dealing with like the divorce stuff, which is never fun. But getting him out of my house was like life changing. Truly like, I mean, I, I wish I could explain it in words and unless you've done it, <laughs> getting, him out, of getting him out of my house, you know, but being, being like, being a, like my house just was my place to come home and to just like, it was beautiful. The silence. So, was, so here's the question on that. So you got to the point where you go, okay, I want him out of my house. Mm -hmm. But we talked about in the, in the previous podcast about attachment styles where, what you had before was familiar to you. Right. So what was the point where you realized... I'm done? I'm... What? I'm... That I want something different. Oh, that'll have to... We'll have to have a, another podcast. Oh, that's going to be a whole podcast. It's a whole other one. So this was... Okay. This was... I feel... There was I, a... There was a... There was a... There was a decision point. There was a decision said. point. <clears throat> I had a, somewhat of a spiritual awakening. Okay. And I had this weird like experience where I felt like there was so much more. Uh, I think a lot of it was, was, was there, was there a UFO involved? No, but it was <laughs> okay. just as weird. There was, I watched both of my parents basically take their last breath in some, I mean, for sure. I de definitely saw my father take his last breath and he died saying like, I had the best life ever. And I am like done. I'm like, he was done. With, uh, he was done. He knew like, the, I'm done. This is it. It was, mm -hmm. it was amazing. And I thought, oh my God, I am not living my best life. Oh. I am not going to be on my, if I'm on my deathbed tomorrow, I like, I would, I couldn't say that. And I just felt like I wanted a life uh, different. And most people, we, we're going to have to have an episode called the unicorn. Okay. Most people think that I'm looking for a unicorn. Like you're okay. looking for a diamond in the rough. There's no such thing as what you want. There is, and I I am committed to to finding it one day. But I knew that I could not live this same life that I had when I was a kid because I I vowed I would never ever live in this toxic type of environment. And when I find myself back into it, I was like, this is not. I vowed to never do this again. And so that was when I knew I was done. I just okay. knew I couldn't do this anymore. And so my entire 
physical, you know, being changed. My The way I felt changed. I remember going into divorce court thinking, I don't know if I'm going to cry. I don't know if – I didn't know what emotions I was going to have because, you know, you go through all of these stages of grief, right? Mm-hmm. There you – I think anyone that has been divorced or is thinking about getting a divorce, you will go through all those stages of grief. I remember being worried, like when I signed that paper and it was finally done, what I would feel. And I remember being so happy. And I thought, this is so weird. I, I thought maybe I, I'd shed a little tear. Or, you know, or, yeah. I walked out of that courtroom and I was like, I told my ex, I was like, high five to, I was like, fist, high I go fist bump. Strangers. And he's like, I'm not fist bumping you. I was well, like, you gave who a fist bump? My ex. I was like, fist bump? And he's like, I'm not fist bumping you. I'm like, high five? And he's like, get the hell away from me. I'm like, hug? So you don't want a hug. And he was like, he was not on the same level as me. I was like skipping down the courtroom, going down. And I like went up to the, you know, uh, I had to go to, I don't know, to whatever the heck, the registrar. And I am like. I was so excited. I was like, had to tell someone. And they're, they're like taking my paperwork. And I was like, I did it. I was like a little kid. I was like, I did it. I actually did it. Did I got divorced. And they were like, okay, did, lady. Did you moonwalk? Tell me. <laughs> no, I skipped. I literally was you like skipped. skipping, skipping. He wouldn't fist bump, bump, fist bump me. Wouldn't, he wouldn't high five me. I was like, all right. Oh, oh it was the best. It was the best. Oh. It was the best feeling. And then, like I said, my home was just... Everything was clean. You know, I used to, he used to harp on me about like leaving my coffee mug on the table and like leaving dishes in the sink. I just didn't give a shit. I really didn't. It was like, this place is all fucked up anyways. Might as well so just. dishes piled I up. didn't give a shit. I really didn't. Laundry would be like, if you saw, I mean, you, you've seen my house. Uh-huh. I don't live like that. Yeah. I clean stuff. Yeah. I am organized. Well, in my own chaotic way. But I never lived like that with him because. That was just, you You live the way you feel. Your home represents your innermost feelings, in my opinion. Yeah, you're, you're, uh, the state of your home is the external representation of your internal state. Absolutely. And so back to, let's go back to the whole life coaching thing. Okay. If somebody is telling me I can't get my shit together, I mm-hmm. can't clean up this house. I can't, you know, parent my kids. I can't take care of my finances. I can't, there's something that is prohibiting them. And it could just, you know, it could be a bunch, it could be a bunch of different things. But I think for me, the one thing that I want to get out of them is what is emotionally draining you. Yeah. And so in 30 minutes, I hope I explain to you what I do as a life coach. I think, I think you did. (laughs) Does that make sense? It it makes perfect sense. Yeah. And, um, that's it. So, you know, well, I mean, uh, for I you, mean, I life coach I, you just in, you life coach me, I life coach you. That's what friends do. Okay. All right. I, okay. So I don't, I don't. So you don't have to pay anymore. In pesto. But I do still want pesto. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. All right. I think we I think we, I think we got a, a little off topic, but I think this was a we good We got one. a lot off topic, but okay. we circled it back We circled to, it back to life you know coaching and, and, and vampires. Emotional vampires suck. That's what we've basically learned. Yeah. Vampires and suck, and especially emotional vampires. Correct. And if you are finding yourself with an emotional vampire or vampires, you know, it's time to maybe do something about that because you aren't going to rise to the top. You're not going to be the hot water 
if you're you've got the cold water blowing through bringing your temperature down you're that, right that was a good that analogy that was great off the top of my head i'm like you're good i'm fucking killing you're it you're like confucius yeah <laughs> Or All confused right. us. Yes, correct. <laughs> right. All, All right, right, let's sign uh, off. All right, I'm Jerome. I'm Constance. And we'll see you next time. See ya. Uh-huh.